From Riverside Health System, this is the Healthy You Podcast, where we talk about a range of health-related topics focused on improving your physical and mental health. We chat with our providers, team members, patients, and caregivers to learn more about how to maintain a healthy lifestyle and improve overall physical and mental health. So let's dive into learn more about becoming a healthier you. I am really excited to have Dr. Leash, a neurointerventional specialist with Riverside Neurovascular Specialists in the studio today. We're going to be talking about stroke prevention, signs and symptoms. So I'm really excited to have you join us, Dr. Leash. How are you? Thanks so much for the opportunity. Glad to be here. Good, good. Looks like you've gotten some nice sun. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm glad the sun has come out and uh, the weather is changing. And weather is getting up. better. That yes, is true. Yes, yes, yes. Dr. Leash, talk to me a little bit briefly about why you decided to pursue a career in neurology. Well, maybe we should start with uh, talking about why I went into medicine. Okay. That's, I, that's... Because I, I, I always, I'm, I'm very broad, broadly based. You know, I, I think medicine was always a subject that combined right. uh, all the uh, humanities with the science and all the different sciences. You know, physics, you have biology, chemistry, obviously. And I stayed away from a lot and, of those and, <laughs> and, and, then, and then in medical school, I think the brain, you know, epitomizes basically when you look at all the organs, okay. um, that trajectory and you think w- it, it has combined the mind and the matter in this, you know, it basically okay. defines us as a person, etc. Yeah. So uh, that's, that, that was from the beginning, I think, my motivation to go, oh, into, to okay. go into neurology because okay. I, th- I just thought the brain was the most interesting organ because it combines the matter and the mind yeah absolutely and then even when i did my neurology training and further sub-specialized in neurocritical care and in neurointerventional surgery um again the idea that you you're a person of the mind right right you try to make a diagnosis but also like to work with the hands you know so that's how my career has pretty much gone from from medical school to neurology to neurointerventional surgery Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. All right. I want to talk a little bit today around, unfortunately, strokes are very common, right? I want to talk a little bit about strokes. Every year in the United States, more than 800,000 people have a stroke, and it is the fifth leading cause of death. Um, So would you talk a little bit about that um, and some of the stats that I just reviewed? Right, right. It's 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 a very common problem, and I want to say, during my own lifetime, we have seen such tremendous improvements and changes, right, in the way that we can deal with stroke and that we can these days reverse stroke. Really, I remember um, when I was in medical school, even uh, when I started medical school, um, all you would do if somebody comes in with a stroke is give give aspirin. Right. And uh, and then since 1995, um, a trial was done where lytics. TPA, tissue plasminogen activator, was trialed, and they uh, basically a clot-busting medicine was given when somebody comes in with a stroke. And that is now more than 20 years ago, obviously. But um, that changed the way we looked at stroke and think, hey, we can actually do something about it. And then throughout my training, even when I started my, my residency and all that, there was not much more that could be done. Right. Only since the early 2000s, teens you know and then in 2015 the trials come out that we can actually go in inside the blood vessel and open up blood vessels and reverse stroke altogether so this 
this whole development is, has happened while I did my training and, and had my pro professional career. Right. When you think about stroke, um, you have to think about what, what, is a, what is a stroke, you know? Right. And um, there are two types of stroke that we distinguish. Uh, generally speaking, you think about stroke most of the time, 80% of the time, we talk about a condition where a blood clot occludes a blood vessel in the brain. Okay. So the brain is starving from oxygen. Like a plant needs water, right. the brain needs oxygen, needs Absolutely. blood flow. When the blood flow is interrupted in the brain, that's called a stroke okay. for all intents and purposes. But there's another, another type of stroke that's a bleeding stroke. And oftentimes the symptoms are indistinguishable, the initial symptoms, which we'll probably talk about, right. um, such as paralysis. You know. right. um, and uh, in and, and 20% of patients, you could have a bleeding on the brain that presents just like that. So 80% of the strokes, what general public th thinks about when they talk about stroke is an ischemic stroke, meaning a blood clot occludes a blood vessel in the brain. 20% would be a ruptured blood vessel in the brain causing, causing bleeding on the brain. I think right. what we are focusing on mainly today is the blood clots because they are more common. Right. And it parallels what we see in the heart. People have heard the term heart attack, heart attack. right? At Riverside, we have come to <laughs> call the stroke sometimes brain attack, right. you know, because it yes. is very similar. I mean, uh, with a heart attack, you have a, think about it this way, you have a blocked blood vessel in the heart. Right. With a brain attack or a stroke, you have a blocked blood vessel That's in the brain. That's a great way of putting it, absolutely. And, and the, idea is, the idea is that if you can unblock the blood vessel, be it by giving blood thinners or be it by going in with a catheter or certain devices, that you can unblock the blood vessel, restore the blood flow, restore the oxygen delivery, and then reverse the symptoms of the stroke, or at least minimize the damage of right. the stroke. Right. So for our viewers, you know, time is of the essence, as you describe, you know, the impact of the lack of, lack of oxygen. When we talk about be fast, what does that mean and what does that stand for? We talked about heart attack and stroke, right? Right. For heart attack, when a, when a blood vessel is blocked in the heart, as I mentioned, the symptoms are very severe chest pain. You know, these patients, they often, they often tell us it, it feels like an elephant is sitting on their chest. Right. They will call 911 right away. It's, it, no, there's no education required. Right. The pain is just so severe. They come to the hospital automatically. They will call 911. For a stroke, it's a little bit different. Oftentimes, these symptoms, stroke symptoms, occur without pain, without right. having a headache. Plus, the brain is not functioning right, so the patient doesn't even know what's going on. Right. If the left side of the brain is involved with the stroke, for example, the left side of the brain has a language. They might not be able to speak. They might not be able to understand. If the right side of the brain has lack of oxygen, they uh, have symptoms called neglect, okay. so that they're even unaware of what's going on, or also sometimes referred to as anosognosia from, from Greek, not knowing that there is any okay. disease, that there is anything wrong with them. I had a patient up in Boston during my training, I remember, I was a cardiologist who, uh, highly trained, highly uh, Harvard trained, highly intellectual person, completely paralyzed on the left side of his body, okay. was brought in by his family with symptoms of a severe stroke of the right side of the brain, which is a complete paralysis of the left side of the body. And uh, the language was not affected because that's in the left side of the brain, right. and he was arguing with the 
emergency room staff that there was nothing wrong with him. Right. While he was obviously having a very severe stroke, and luckily we could reverse that the symptoms. Denial. We got he had a great outcome. But even that's the that's a level of denial. denial Sometimes yes. you can show the patient their own hand, right? The left hand, and say, "Whose hand is that?" Right. And they will say, "It's your hand." And right. say, so, "Hey, look, it's attached to your body." No. Right. It's like no, it's still it's <laughs> right. still your hand. And even this person that I just mentioned. After he had a good outcome, after he was back to normal, he even said, are you sure I had a stroke? Is that really true? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so that's, that's why we are going out into the public and we're educating the public about the signs and symptoms of stroke. Oftentimes, the patients themselves, they don't even know there's anything wrong. So, or they can't, can't tell, and they don't have pain. Right. So uh, unfortunately... If the family is not aware that these symptoms could theoretically be reversed, right. they sometimes say, oh, let's wait and you know maybe sleep it off. Maybe it's going to get better tomorrow. But as you mentioned, time is brain. The brain right. without oxygen slowly dies. Right. Um, sometimes I have the analogy like a, like a boxer. You know, it's like in a boxing match and gets knocked out. Right. They can't function, but they're still sort of alive. You can right. bring them back if you with water, with food, etc. Right. So same thing with the brain. So the clock is ticking. Right. And... And ultimately, if, if the family doesn't bring the patient to the hospital, it may be too late, you know. Right. So we're going out and we have these mnemonics. You mentioned be fast. Right. That's a mnemonic that we teach to the general public to, uh, to explain to them what are the signs and symptoms of stroke. Yeah. So the simple one is fast, you know, F-A-S-T. Right. Face is droopy, arm is weak, speech is slurred, think. Time is okay. brain. Come to the hospital right away. Right, right. And then there are some more subtle stroke symptoms that not, do not necessarily involve paralysis and they're covered by the B fast, B E. Okay. B for balance and E for I. If you have double vision, okay. you know, your vision changes. Right. Or B if your balance is off, you stumble around. Right. Those could also be signs and symptoms of a stroke. So this is a mnemonic that we teach B fast, B for balance, E for eyes. Okay. F face droopy. Okay. A arm is weak. S speech is slurred or speech is absent. Or understanding is off. And then think time is brain. Time is brain because come to the hospital right away. We can give you the clot buster within three hours. Right. We can take out the clot from the brain if we identify there is a blockage. Right. Up to 24 hours. Okay. You know, depending okay. on the individual, obviously. Okay. Great information. And thank you for your commitment to increase awareness in joining us today. Can a stroke happen at any age? There's some sometimes misconceptions that you have to be older to have a stroke, but I've heard of younger individuals having strokes. So um, can you talk a little bit about that? Obviously, it's more common in the older population. <laughs> right, right, know? right. But, uh, but it can happen in younger people, too. I mean, they're different. That brings us, maybe leads us towards the stroke mechanisms also, you know. Okay. Um, we mentioned that a, a stroke occurs when the blood clot occludes a blood vessel in the brain or there is a blockage of a blood vessel in the brain. Okay. The next question for us then in the workup comes, where does the blood clot come from? Okay. You know, so some of the conditions that, and also again, different from the heart attack is that in a, in a, in a stroke, oftentimes the blood clot travels from a different part in the body, from mm -hmm. the heart or from pluck in the blood vessels in the neck, piece breaks off and gets stuck in the brain, sort of like a clogged sink, you know, right. the right. clog in the sink didn't exactly grow there, but it kind of came down the sink, right? So right. same thing with the stroke. Um, uh, where we um, uh, where we uh, think about elderly people, they often have a condition, you know, plaque buildup in the blood vessels. They have an abnormal heart rhythm. In younger people, what you're asking, the mechanism may be different. Okay. Some people have preconditions, such as like a inborn 
condition where they tend to form blood clots. And we can test for that. Or with people working out these days, you know, having contact sports, you know, having extreme hobbies, you know, weightlifting, stuff like that. Bungee jumping. (laughs) I I had a patient who was in her 70s and she she asked, can I have a normal life? She's like... What, what are your hobbies? <laughs> it's uh, basically jumping out of airplanes with a parachute. Wow. It's like, that's not wow. exactly what I recommend. No. But with younger people, <laughs> sometimes you can have conditions, connective tissue disorders, where the blood vessels tend to mm, have to form tears, you know. Okay. We call it a dissection. And that we see more often in younger people. Yes, yes, very good. Thank you, thank you. Um... Are there any genetic factors that increase your risk of stroke? Well, as, as I mentioned, you know, I mean, we, we ask we ask people, especially in younger populations, we right. ask, uh, do you have a history of blood clots in the legs or a family history of blood okay. clots in the legs or in the lungs? You know, okay. deep okay. vein thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, this kind of thing. Okay. There are certain genetic uh, conditions. A very common one would be prothrombin gene mutation or another one, factor five Leiden, that we can check for okay. in younger populations. Okay. What about high blood pressure? So those those are the those are the most common risk factors okay. right, in yes. more elderly populations more elderly. or middle aged. I want to say you know. Okay. Um, what are the big ones? Well, high blood pressure. You mentioned right, that. Right. High cholesterol. Right. Diabetes. Yes. And then and then other you know other lifestyle choices that can be easily modified okay. that are connected to these, such as smoking. Right? right. Smoking is a very common one actually. Right. But also recreational drug use that raises your blood pressure. You know, unfortunately, That's a great cocaine. Point. Right? Yes. Um, but those, what does it come down to? All these risk factors they damage the blood vessels ultimately. You know, okay. so you have then plaque buildup in the blood vessels that then ultimately leads to stroke. So there are risk factors not for vascular disease in general, not only for stroke, but heart attack, stroke, peripheral vascular disease. Okay. And we always try to, when somebody comes with a stroke, oftentimes a small stroke or a warning sign of a stroke. Right. Um, we try to stratify these risk factors right. and get the blood pressure under control. Recommend them that they measure the blood pressure at home, right. you know, and write down the numbers morning, noon, and afternoon, or evening, and then show it to their show it to the primary care physician that their blood pressure medication can be optimized. Right. That, um, that accountability, right, and absol- tracking. Absolutely. Yes. So yes. often people are not aware that there's things that they can do at home, you right. know. And then dietary choices, obviously, your Mediterranean yeah. diet, yeah. not too much salt, right? avoid too much fatty foods, right. you know, fruits yes. and vegetables, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And quit smoking. I mean, that's just yes. honestly a big one. Yes. We yes. really, really recommend that. And it's not always easy, but wow. we're giving advice. Yes, yes, yes. Just uh, that's great information. I know uh, for me and, and just family history and, and, and having friends who had family members who have been impacted by stroke medication compliance can be such a huge issue just because I've heard people say I don't feel good when I'm taking my blood pressure medication I don't have the energy level and then some of the unfortunate side effects um can you talk a little bit about that or is is that something that comes up compliance Um, compliance Yeah, I mean, we can give advice as much as we want if, if it's not being followed. Right, you know? right, right, right. There's, there's the impact is a stroke, little, right? If you don't do the things do. you need to do, right? The Oftentimes impact. it's a wake-up call, you yes. know. We have we have these patients who come in with small strokes or even warning signs of a stroke. We call that a transient ischemic attack, TIA. Right. And obviously it's better when you have, like, a warning sign before the big one. 
Right. Because then you can take corrective action. Absolutely. And it's sort of like a wake-up call. Yes. Both for the patients and the family. It's oftentimes a team effort. We always encourage the family also to mm -hmm. kind of remind their loved ones. Sometimes pill boxes will do the trick, right. you know. Right. Um, encourage them. Encouragement is a big one. Right. Um, work out. Eat healthy. Have your, you know, see your primary care physician frequently, yes. honestly. To and have be forthcoming with your primary, if you're, if, if you're struggling so that adjustments can be made as opposed to you just not taking your medication. And in terms of lifestyle choices, you know, when we have close family members or um, spouse, right. husband, you know, wife, um, oftentimes they share habits, bad habits too, That's you know. True. That's so, true. So we'll say, hey, why don't you quit smoking together? Hey, why why don't sure. you get why don't you get a gym membership right. together? You know, right. both of you. That will right. be good for both of you. Get healthy together, so you Correct. don't have those foods at home. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> One person is trying, and then the other person has all these right. foods that they're trying to resist. That's a good point. Do it together. It has to be a a, a team sport, um, a family decision as it relates to those things. I, I like the way you put that. Um, are there ways to lower your risk factor? We've talked a little bit about that. You've mentioned exercise. We've talked about diet. So I, I think we've hit those in the conversations. Anything else you would like to add for our viewers um, as it relates to that? Yeah, like a, you need a positive you need a positive spirit, like a mindset. You know, as I said, sometimes people need a little little uh, reminder. You know, like a wake up call, such as when they have seen us. You know, and, right. and that and that oftentimes helps, but. We always, I think, you know, encourage, encourage them, you know, right. and also encourage family members to encourage our patients. So right. you do need the spirit, you know, Absolutely. and you need and you need to you need to know that what we recommend can really make a difference. You know, it's kind of it can really make a difference in your life. Uh, these diseases, stroke in particular, heart attack, vascular diseases, and they can be treated these days. Right. And with what we know about them, what we learned about them. You can really add 20 years of to your life. You know, it's Absolutely. not like cancer, which unfortunately to this day, you know, and especially in my specialty, like brain cancer, with all the modern neurosurgery and everything that we do, you know, life expectancy has only increased a few months right. um, in some of these brain cancers since the 1950s, since we have looked at it, you know, right. since they have started. But with stroke, as I said, 1995, nothing could be, be done except giving you know, before 1995, aspirin. Right. After 1995, we had the clot buster, which gives you a 30% chance of improvement. Now we have the intervention, which basically can reverse in certain, if you come to the hospital right away, we go in with the catheter under x-ray from the blood vessel in the leg all the way up into the brain, do a minimally invasive procedure, take that blood clot out. You can come in, be completely paralyzed, droopy face, slurred speech, or not speaking at all, and walk out the next day. We have seen that. Absolutely. It's miraculous, like a Lazarus Absolutely. effect, and it's so wow. gratifying. Right. So obviously we don't want it to come to that. Right. But I want to say this, what I wanted to touch upon is like, say, the spirit, you know, the spirit that we have seen that led to these treatments. We have to kind of infect our patients with that spirit that you can make a difference in your life. You can really do some changes motivation you know absolutely and and, and and add like 20 years of your life to your life if right. you if you quit smoking now right you know studies have shown that within a year um, of quit, quitting smoking you cut your stroke risk already in half wow 
you know wow, if you huge. if you can quit like for five years you have the same low stroke risk as if you never smoked you know and that's not talking about heart attack lung disease lung cancer emphysema you know these people walk around with oxygen tanks and stuff you know right but life right. is miserable after absolutely. 40 years of smoking absolutely that's just talking about stroke absolutely so that's a spirit we try to convey yeah that's a good point you know do something about it while you can right right Right. Um, and so this podcast and you um, talking today and just helping to educate and, and increase awareness is going to truly make a difference. Um, I like what you said. You know, um, it's almost like you have to have the intention, right? If, you, if you're intentional about making the changes, you may not do it right all the time, but you just keep striving to do better. That's right. And eventually it'll become a habit, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. So if someone is experiencing some of the symptoms we talked about or may have a family member or, or a loved one, um, would you please uh, tell them how they can contact you or someone within your group? Um, right. Well, the first thing is if you have any of the symptoms that we mentioned, be fast, right? right Balance, right, eyes, right. face, arm, speech. Think right. time is when call 911. Absolutely. Call 911 right away. Okay. Go to Riverside because we are the hospital, I mean, has the comprehensive stroke center capabilities. Not all hospitals here in this region have it. Absolutely. And um, we can make a difference. Absolutely. If you do have any of the symptoms, yeah, and then call call our office. You know, okay. Call our office, and we'll and we'll, and we'll put you if it's something chronic. You know, right. if you have any questions. Yes. Obviously, we treat a lot of conditions. We mentioned the hemorrhagic strokes. Yes. Just to briefly touch on it, you know, yes. so aneurysms yes. if you have been diagnosed with I was going to ask about that. Yeah. yeah. If you have an aneurysm, obviously if it's ruptured, you're in dire straits. You come to the hospital. Right. If you make it to the hospital. But um, bleeding on the brain is obviously yes. very serious. But yes. sometimes aneurysms these days get discovered by coincidence because many people get brain scans for whatever reason, headache. Right. And an aneurysm is like outpouching a bubble on a right. blood vessel in the brain. Think about like a corroded pipe. And right. we can treat that also from inside. We don't have to cut the head open anymore. We go from inside yes. and we can treat it from inside. If you have any of those conditions, you've been diagnosed with it, um, or you want a second opinion, we're here for you. You can just c- call our office, 534 5200. 534 5200, area code 757. 757. As it relates to aneurysms, um, what are some signs and symptoms? I have a dear friend who unfortunately lost his wife, and she was exhibiting forgetfulness. What are some symptoms as it relates to aneurysms that um, our viewers uh, need to be on the lookout for? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I want to say the majority of aneurysms in the brain are completely asymptomatic. Okay. So they're incidentally discovered, or if they start to leak or rupture, right. then you get a sudden severe headache. We call that okay. sometimes a thunderclap headache or okay. the worst headache of your life. If that happens as a real medical emergency, these people are very sick, and a third of the people die on the spot. They don't even make it to the hospital. Um, another third is doing better if the aneurysm doesn't explode. You know, it's like a think about you have a pipe breaking in your house, right? right. I mean, it could be a total disaster. It could be just dripping, right? Right. And um, similar in the brain. So if if the aneurysm ruptures altogether, the little blood vessel being the pipe, and you have a massive bleed on the head, then you have 
you have no chance. But if, if it just leaks, you get a severe headache, you come to the hospital, we fix your aneurysm. But most of the time, these aneurysms, if they're undiscovered, if they haven't been scanned, if you have somebody in the family with an aneurysm, sometimes they run in families, and you can have other loved ones get a brain scan and discover them. But oftentimes, they're incidentally discovered okay. because of a scan that has been done for headache, which is unrelated. Right. right. Or dizziness or forgetfulness okay. right. that you mentioned. You right. know, uh, In which case, then, um, you should consider treatment and see us in the office and should consider treatment because the treatments these days for aneurysms are much better tolerated than they were just 20 years ago. Right. You think about having your head shaved and cut the skull open. Yes, and it's obviously yes. very, very, very traumatic. You know, right. Now we can treat them from inside, from inside the blood vessel, from the blood vessel in the leg, from the groin area, okay. under x-ray. So it's more minimally, minimally invasive. Minimally invasive. invasive. The future of medicine. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Thank you so much for your time. You've been a delight. Um, I've learned myself, and I know our viewers have gained from having you on today. So thank you for what you do each and every day and the difference you're making. You're welcome. Thank you so All much right. for having thank me. You. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy You. We're so glad you were able to join us today and learn more about this topic. If you would like to explore more, go to RiversideOnline.com.